The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hello and welcome back. Thanks again for joining us again for another episode as we continue in our study through the Word of God. Uh, this morning we are in still in Jonah chapter 3. Last episode we dealt with the first half of um, the message in Jonah chapter 3 where really Jonah goes back in obedience, makes his decision, steps out in obedience to God and we see the message of condemnation, of judgment, of the coming judgment that was given to Nineveh. Now we're going to take the next uh, verses 5 through 10 and we're going to work through Nineveh's response to this. And so let's just uh, go through the first couple of verses and we'll begin to unpack this. So we're again in Jonah chapter 3, verse number 5. The Bible says, So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. So I wanted to start with verse 5. The first thing we the first thing I think we have to look at is to an extent not something specifically stated in this verse, but something that is kind of seen in the entire context of Jonah that I want to share at least from my perspective. We need to recognize the severity of sin. I have read for years on stories like Jonah and things of that nature, and a lot of people, we've mentioned this before in this going through this book, a lot of people look at this and they say, uh, God's being harsh, it's not that big of a deal. And what we do in our American culture has gotten this, and I will tell you, a lot of American churches have gotten to this point. Sin is not that big of a deal. We're all sinners, it is what it is, God's forgiven us, and we live so much in the grace of God, and God is a gracious God, God is a loving God, but please remember, we have to understand how God views sin. You say, what do you mean by that? God placed his only son on the cross, not just for love for us, but for hatred for sin. Sin needed to be punished. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. There's a place called hell. That place was created for sinners. It wasn't necessarily designed for us. It was designed for the devil and his angels, but that's where sinners will go. When we see the severity of what hell is like, we see the severity of the punishment that was placed on Jesus. It gets us back to the reminder of the reality of sin. I think in today's day and age, especially in the comfort of America, especially as far as America's gone away from morality, as far as they've gone away from anything biblical, where they not just ignore sin, they not just involve in sin, now they glorify sin, praise sin, and now they're mocking and kind of going after anybody who calls it sin. That's where America's at right now, um, which is probably very similar to where Nineveh was. Uh, we have to recognize this, because if we don't recognize the reality of sin, we're never going to understand the rest of this. Sin is a affront to God. Sin is a mockery to God. And God is a holy, just God. And remember, we were created by God. You can argue that all you want uh, from the world. The world can argue it all you want, but it doesn't change the truth. We are created beings responsible to an almighty God. There is a heaven, there is a hell, and no matter what your belief system, you will end up in one of those two places at the end of life. Understanding how sin plays in that is one of the core goals, core understandings, necessities for you to understand the premise of all of this. So then let's say we look at verse 5. Now we got the response. We have an understanding of at least how God views sin. And it says in verse 5, the people of Nineveh believed God. So immediately, this is a wonderful thing. 
a wonderful phrase because I think sometimes in American culture, I don't think God would really do that. I don't know if it's that bad. I think that preacher's having a bad day. I, I think that passage, I mentioned this in our church, and there's a video floating around of a, of a female preacher, and uh, the biggest thing she made the comment about was she was explaining to her, uh, her church why she didn't read a certain section of 1 Corinthians when her read her text. And she goes, that verse is just yikes, is how she put it. There is a, a dumbing down in the massive progressive side of Christianity that is extremely dangerous because they're, they're eliminating God's word. They don't believe God. They don't believe God. They want culture to dictate their theology. These people, the only way they were able to see God repent of his judgment was they believed God, number one. Then they proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, uh, greatest to the least of them. So what you say is there was a belief in God, then there was a response to God's words. And it's always been like that, you know? The Bible says, for the wage of sin or death, but the gift of God. We have to recognize that. But then it says later in, verse, in chapter 10, we must make an action. We must put our faith in Jesus. We must repent of our sin. Repent is more than just saying, well, you know, I acknowledge sin. Repent is acknowledging the evil of sin, turning away from that lifestyle, completely away from that lifestyle. That's repentance. It's completely turning around and agreeing with God. They made an action. And you know, our words are great, but our actions are more. There must be actions. The Bible says, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things will become new. Uh, faith without works is dead. A true belief system will drive action. I'm not saying action is what brings salvation. I'm saying a belief system will drive action. And so they did, and they believed God. Then it goes on to verse 6. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe, took aside, laid aside his royalty, covered himself with sackcloth and satin ashes, and he caught it, caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. So we see his response. You get all the way to royalty, the person who has ignored wrong, the person who's probably embraced the wrong, and it comes to him that one of God's prophets is proclaiming this. Here's a thing I want you to get that's intriguing to me. God sent Jonah. The first time he said no, the second time he said yes. To an extent, we'll see later, and a level of protest. But there's a reason God sent Jonah. God sent Jonah because he was already preparing the hearts of the people. He just makes a simple phrase. You know, you're in 40 days, you're going to be overthrown. 40 days, you're going to, whatever. You know, it's a simple uh, judgment message. But God had already been preparing because they jump up immediately. So God had already begun to work in the hearts of the people to recognize their sin. And now all of a sudden, hey, listen, you're wrong. When, when God asks us to serve, when God asks us to maybe to witness to a friend or to serve in a place or go somewhere, we have to understand and trust that God has already prepared the field where we're going. Not every outcome's the same. Sometimes we're set there to help kind of be the one to prepare the field. But if we've been sent by God to go somewhere, we've been sent by God to talk, we've been sent by God to serve, um, we have to know that God has gone before us in preparation and and. and Probably Jonah even recognized that. So here was the king's message. Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let every one turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? The first thing to do is he acknowledges you know, the, the severity. 
I like the fact that their repentance, their confession was extreme and probably to the extreme extremity of their sin. They had realized, they knew how extreme they gotten, how sinful, how violent of a nation they had gotten as we see in this passage. They knew that. And so in knowing that, their confession was at the same level. It was extreme. It wasn't just a simple prayer. It was sackcloth, ashes, setting aside royalty, don't eat, it was fasting, a lot of things. They recognized the severity of their sin, which was then followed in the, in the extremity of their confession. I, what it did is it just reminded them of the power and awesomeness of the true God. I think sometimes we place God as so small that we forget that when we offend God, that's not a big deal, it's just God. Boy, maybe recognize the awesomeness of God, the reality of God. And yes, when we ask for forgiveness, he will always bring it. But boy, I love the fact that they recognized the reality of sin and how far it needs to go. And they said, who can tell of God? They knew. They knew how powerful this God was, how, how powerful God was. I'm going to phrase that, not this God. God, he is the only true God. They knew how powerful he was, and they became fearful. They had come to the end. And here's, here's what and it ends up happening. We see God's grace in this in verse 10. Then God saw their works that they had turned from their evil way. Notice it wasn't just their confession, but they had turned away from their evil way. They had repented, we would say. And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. This is literally the idea of repentance. It was more, God didn't say he saw their sackcloth and ashes, their repentance. What he saw was their willingness to turn away from the things that were making him, that were angering him, the sin, the violence. They had changed their heart. There was a repentance there, and God turned. That is what God looks for. God is not looking for us to say, okay, you know what, God, I know it wasn't right. He's looking for repentance. He's looking, when you go to 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sin, it literally, the word confess simply means agree with God. We must acknowledge that what we're doing is wrong because it's, because it's a front to God. And we must then do something about that. And by the way, you can look at this and sometimes, you know, we look at the awesomeness and power of God, but can I tell you the grace of God in this last passage? This nation was an evil nation. This nation was an immoral nation. This nation was a violent nation, as we can see from what they told them to stop doing. But you know what I love about this? Once they repented, there was forgiveness. The grace of God is seen awesomely in this passage. The grace of God is seen to people who absolutely deserved the judgment, but did not receive it because of their repentance. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter what other people don't know about us. It doesn't matter any of that. If we're willing just to come to God and repent and ask for that, for that forgiveness, it will always come. Maybe coming for salvation, maybe coming to come back to God, but whatever way it's going to be, that level of repentance will always be received with grace from God. I hope that encourages you because sometimes Satan gets us to a place and then he beats us up for being there, makes us feel guilty for being there. And that's not God's design. God's design is to bring us out of that. And if you find yourself there, just give it to God because there will always be forgiveness offered when we come to him. There will always be that. And that is the grace that we can always rely on. Well, we do appreciate your time and the privilege to be part of your day. Hope it's an encouragement. Stick with us as we'll jump into chapter four and discuss a little more of Jonah's response to everything we have seen and what we can learn from that. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time.